In just over two weeks, voters in Cook County will make a consequential choice for the future of our criminal justice system. Welcome to the second WGN debate for Cook County State's Attorney. Good evening, I'm Taman Bradley. And I'm Paul Listnick. Tonight we're going to hear from the Republican candidates who hope to lead the second largest prosecutor's office in the nation. Let's introduce the candidates. First up, Christopher Von Cook and Pat O'Brien. Now, gentlemen, before we begin, we want to set some ground rules with you. Each of you will have one minute to answer the questions we pose to you. There will be opportunities for 30-second rebuttals as needed. We have provided you with countdown clocks that you can see, and that will keep everybody on track. And let's get to it. You'll each have one minute for your opening statement. We will go in alphabetical order, beginning with you, Pat O'Brien. Mr. O'Brien. Uh, thank you. What a mess Kim Fox has made of the state's attorney's office to become a punchline for late night comics. It all started about a year ago when uh, Jesse Smollett decided to lie about being the victim of a hate crime in which he complained that homophobic and racial slurs were made against him. He was punched and as a result they put a noose around his neck and he made a complaint to the police. This is when Kim Fox stepped in. She decided to take a call from a politically connected operative. She then attempted to interfere in the, election, in the uh, investigation. And after that failed, she then, under a cloak of a fake recusal, essentially directed the actions of the state's attorney from behind the scenes. She made sure that the case was set to a date when no one else would know that. And then she attempted to do something and dismiss the case and then gave her blessing to Jesse Smollett's crimes. All right, thank you, sir. And Mr. Funcook. Thank you. My name is Christopher Funcook. Experience matters. I'm a career criminal prosecutor, having worked as a prosecutor for three different government agencies, 31 years with the Cook County State's Attorney's Office, serving as a trial supervisor. I worked for the Office of the Special Independent Prosecutor and the Macon County State's Attorney's Office. I've handled thousands of criminal cases. I'm a university professor. I've taught criminal law. I'm a published legal author. I wrote the book on search warrants and the official expungement guide for Cook County. I serve as legal advisor for the Metropolitan Crime Commission, and I'm a police training instructor. I have the demonstrated legal ability to run this office. I'm endorsed and backed by over 90 endorsements, including the Chicago Tribune, the Chicago Police Department, FOP7, numerous suburban law enforcement agencies, uh, a, a large number of uh, former prosecutors, suburban mayors, aldermen, and trustees. Experience matters, and I bring that to the table. Thank, Thank you, you, sir. Come on. Thank you very much. Mr. O'Brien, you were elected as a Cook County judge in 2006 as a Democrat. You've said your switch to the Republican Party in this election was motivated by you wanting to take on Kim Fox in November. That was the motivation, not political ideology. Why should Republican voters trust you? One minute, please, sir. Well, the reason they should is because this office is a unique office. It doesn't have a Democrat or a Republican state's attorney. It has one state's attorney who basically has to enforce the law for all the people in the county and protect all the people in the county. I'm running as a Republican because I believe the Republicans believe that there is individual responsibility for your acts, something the Democrats have moved away from. I, I intend as a... Uh, state's attorney to be professional and not a politician and I present myself as a prosecutor who has been head of the state's attorney's office, uh, a criminal defense attorney and also a judge sitting in criminal court. So my belief is that 
This office and this county is at a tipping point. We cannot afford another politician who for five years has been acting and trying to run for this office. We need someone who will be a professional, and I present myself as that person. Thank you, Mr. O'Brien. Mr. Fawn Cook, did you want 30 seconds to respond? Sure. I'm not a politician either. For 31 years with the state's attorney's office, I was a man doing a job. I fought for justice for crime victims every day in the trenches. I spent most of my career in the felony trial division trying some of the most serious cases that we have in Cook County. And each case I devoted my time to the victims on that case to give them justice, to give them a voice. I worked with the witnesses, I worked with law enforcement agencies building that rapport. It's a team effort so that we could get convictions. Thank you very much, Paul. Mr. Von Cook, let's stay on this uh, theme if we can for a while. You have said experience matters. And to that, you bring 31 years inside the state's attorney's office and related work. Your opponent arguably has a wider range of experience. He's been a judge, he's been an attorney for the Chicago Police Board, a trial supervisor in felony review. Can you give us a specific example of your work that makes you more qualified than him to lead the office once you stepped in? Mr. O'Brien served 13 with, years with the office. I served 31 years in the office. You don't get to see the issues or the problems that come up every day in the trenches unless you're in the trenches, which is the felony trial courts, working every day. I have 31 years of experience at that level. I also served as a trial supervisor with the office. I'm a police training instructor. I have a great rapport with law enforcement agencies all across Cook County, which is very much needed to do this job properly. Again, I'm not a politician. I'm a man doing a job. But I've worked for Democratic regimes and Republican regimes, and I've done a great job for this office for my entire career. Mr. Bryan, 30 seconds to respond. In order to be in the office 31 years and never to have been promoted by any of the five state's attorneys you worked for, you not only had to be in the trenches, you had to be hiding in the trenches. This is a man who essentially has inflated his resume. He's handled thousands of cases. Well, he's handled thousands of cases, he said, subpoenaing material and ordering forensic labs. He can't name one murder case that he tried successfully to a jury or name one case that rose above more than a garage burglary. Mr. Von Cook, we're going to give you 30 seconds to respond to that. I, in fact, have received a series of promotions through the years. That's why I got to the felony trial division. I wanted to be all my life a trial attorney. I wanted to seek justice for crime victims in the felony trial courts. I didn't want a front office cushion job. I wanted to be there fighting in the front lines. Uh, more importantly, Pat O'Brien left the office 27 years ago. He's out of touch. For almost my entire career, he was not around. I fought for crime victims. I tried some of the most serious cases in this county up to All right, sir, and we thank you. Come on. Thank you, Paul. Let's move to a topic that is on the minds of many people in Cook County gun violence. Chicago's murder rate is down overall, but the threat of violence remains high. Already this year, the winter months have seen an uptick in shootings compared uh, to the start uh, over the same period in 2019. Uh, what is your specific plan to get gun offenders off the streets? Mr. O'Brien, we'll start with you. One minute, please. Certainly, and thank you. Gun violence obviously has dominated the county. And I would note that Kim Fox, despite all her talk of focusing on gun violence, in her own statistics in 2019, she lost more gun trials than she won. We need to get guns out of the hands of violent people. We need to have uh, a focus on them, promote state's attorneys, both in gangs, guns, and narcotics, to focus on the people who have the guns, who are using them. We need to have the state's attorneys essentially 
vertically prosecute gun cases where gangs are involved, and we need basically to cut down the time from the time a gun case is in the court until the gun case is disposed of. And while the person is on bond or electronic monitoring, we have to know where they are. We need GPS on the electronic monitoring. We cannot allow defendants who are waiting trial and who will want to wait as long as possible essentially to be free from our knowing where they are. Thank you very much. Mr. Fon Cook, one minute. I have heard from police officers, and I talk to police officers in large numbers every day, that they go to Kim Fox on gun offenses and they request felony gun charges and they simply can't get felony gun charges approved. These cases wind up being charged as misdemeanors. We had 10 very violent weekends in Chicago in 2019. We just had the most violent weekend in February in 18 years. It's all about gun offenses. She is not approving felony gun offenses. And what that does is that empowers the criminals, knowing that they're not going to get charged with a felony, to go back and recommit further crimes. We need to go after the source of gun trafficking, the people that are bringing these guns in into the state of Illinois. A lot of them come in from the state of Indiana. And we need to do this by doing what I have done through the years with all my experience, forming joint task forces with the U.S. Attorney's Office, which has been very successful in going after gun offenders and getting convictions. We need to join with them in joint task forces pull our resources and get these convictions and get these violent criminals off the street. Mr. Funkert, thank you. Paul? All right, Mr. Funkert, I'm going to stay with you. Uh, Chicago police are clearing more murder cases using a classification which is called closed, cleared, exceptionally. Uh, that means no one's being held criminally responsible, but there's also no more investigation being done. Now, police are blaming prosecutors who say they're declining to bring charges, and prosecutors are saying detectives aren't bringing them strong enough cases. What can you do to reconcile those differences? First of all, it's a facade to say that the murder clearance rate is up simply because the state's attorney's office has turned down felony charges. Nothing's happened. Nobody's been charged. No murder's really been cleared. You need to work with the police departments. You need to let them know what we need, what specific, what specific elements of evidence we need to get a good case into court, to get a good conviction down the line. We need to work with them. We need to have joint training sessions with the police and our prosecutors. It's simply not being done right now. Mr. O'Brien, one minute. There are at least 380 unsolved, uncharged murders in 2019. The police are the foundation of the law enforcement and criminal justice system. We have to do things that the police can't do. We have to get a second or third grand jury up and running and address the murder cases with grand jury investigations. The murder cases, half of them are in gang crime, I should say, in gang crime related situations. That means that those particular individuals are in a smaller group and can be identified. Use the grand jury to do it. I, w I suggest that we have a rackets unit, which is composed of assistance with gang uh, experience, drug experience, and gun experience to address the crimes. You just can't sit back and say to the police, you haven't brought us enough information okay, we don't care, we'll just close the case. What you have to do is effectively and energetically go after the cases. This is incredible, this All is right. a mess. Thank you, sir. Come on. Thanks, Paul. The Fraternal Order of Police has certainly not been shy about criticizing Kim Fox's work. Uh, Mr. Fancook, the <coughs> FOP has endorsed you, but Mr. O'Brien, you have talked a lot about rank and file officers. Uh, you say you want to improve uh, the relationship between the state's attorney's office and the police department that Ms. Fox has damaged. What do you mean by damaged? Well, essentially her attitude is that 
if the police aren't doing and bringing her a, a case that's wrapped up in a, a ribbon, they're not going to charge. And my attitude is, if the police have somebody they've identified and they need more assistance, the state's attorney's office has the equipment and has the ability to give them that assistance. Police, again, are the foundation of law enforcement. And in order to provide them with the tools necessary, we should be partnering with them, not looking on them as some kind of antagonist or enemy. It's just something that has to be changed. And it can be changed. I've prosecuted cases successfully where police officers in Chicago have been shot and killed, where uh, Cook County deputies were shot and killed, where an Illinois State Trooper was shot and killed, and also local officers when I, in other counties when I was in the uh, Attorney General's office. I have their respect, I have their back, and where they bring us a case that may need more help, I will make sure they get the help. Thank you, Mr. O'Brien. Mr. Fancook, you, you mentioned it a moment ago uh, that the state's attorney's office is not approving felony gun charges that the Chicago police and the suburban departments are asking for. Uh, what specific data are you using uh, to make this assertion? I talk to police officers every day. I'm a member of 12 different police organizations. I attend uh, numerous police events every single week. And everywhere I go, and I've been hearing this for the last 18 months, everywhere I go, I'm hearing Police tell me time and time again they bring felony gun charges to the state's attorney's office for approval and they are turned down. They're getting some, but a lot of them are getting rejected. All right, thank you very much. We're going to move on and turn now to a case that has drawn uh, headlines across the country. It's the case of the Empire actor Jesse Smollett. Earlier this month, a special grand jury decided to indict Smollett for allegedly orchestrating a racist and homophobic attack against himself in 2019. State's attorney Fox's office initially charged the actor but later dismissed all counts. Uh, what would you have done differently? Please be specific. One minute, Mr. Von Cook. First of all, I would have never been in that situation. Four years ago, I predicted, and my prediction made the front page of the Tribune, that Kim Fox did not understand conflicts of interest and that she was going to get herself into a major conflict of interest. What do we have now? The Jesse Smollett case. She took that phone call from Tina Chen. She discussed the facts of the case with Tina Chen. That should never have happened. Tina Chen is not law enforcement. There was a pending investigation. State's attorney does not discuss pending investigations with outsiders. She called and talked to Eddie Johnson, from my understanding, and asked him to drop the investigation at his end and transfer it someplace else. That should never happen. State's attorney should never ask law enforcement to drop an investigation. Her fake recusal, she said she recused herself. Then she said it was a colloquial expression. Then uh, she passed the case along to her chief uh, assistant, Joe McGatts. But he still worked for her, and he still, still took his orders from her. She was never on the outside of the case. The emails, the text messages show that she had input in every step of the way. I would have never been in that situation. Okay, time's right. I want to bring in Mr. O'Brien. Mr. Funk, just, just one quick uh, thing. You mentioned Tina Chen, Michelle Obama's former chief of staff. At the time that those text messages were exchanged, Mr. Smollett was still thought of as the, the victim. So are you saying it's inappropriate for the state's attorney to have a conversation with someone who may have been the victim of a crime? Tina Chen was not the victim. Not the Tina Chen, Jesse Smollett. Yes, but she had the conversation with Tina Chen. The investigation was pending. Those, in, those types of conversations should not be happening. So you shouldn't be talking about a, a, a victim, a potentially a victim. If someone else brings to you attention that someone may have been the victim of a crime, you shouldn't have those conversations. Not about the, the specific facts of a pending investigation. Got you. Okay, uh, Mr. O'Brien, one minute. First of all, um, Christopher would never have been assigned a high-profile case in the office. He just didn't have the experience, had never shown the talent. 
And nobody stays in the office for 31 years that doesn't get promoted or asked to be promoted. Now, in connection with the case, the mistake that Kim Fox made was she didn't have the experience to understand that Jesse Smollett's story was fabricated. You don't go into a dark alley. You don't get a noose, which is like a string hung around your neck. You don't get uh, homophobic and racial slurs uh, that are directed at you. You don't get punched. And you come out of all this with your $1,000 cell phone and your tuna sandwich. Okay? It just doesn't happen. It's a bad TV script. And as a person with experience, you would know that though you can talk to and basically give some information to a victim or to their family, you've got to be very questionable about giving it to someone who you can see has made a concocted story. And that was her initial problem. She didn't see that. All right. Thank you very much, Paul. Thank you, Mr. O'Brien. Let me stay with you. Special Prosecutor Dan Webb says that the state's attorney's office was unable to provide evidence that uh, they, the, the state's attorney's office, treated Smollett the same as in similar cases. If you're elected, what concrete procedures would you put in place to make sure the public knows what is behind decisions? Well, in connection with decisions you make, the thing that the public has to rely on is that, in effect, you're doing things for the right reason based on the law and facts. Kim Fox has already lost that credibility with the voters. So any decision she makes can be questioned because, of course, somebody will always think that a different decision should be made. Now, in order to make sure that it's uh, bias-free and based on law and facts, actually what they're doing, the voters are, are, are looking at your character. And in such, they are, they are saying, how did you behave? What did you do? And how have you judged this? And I think having the appropriate character, having been in both as a prosecutor, as a defense attorney, and as a judge for over 40 years, everything I do has been inspected. And nothing has ever come up that said, somehow I'm making a decision for the wrong reasons. I make it for the right reasons. You can put a policy in place where you're telling your assistants you do not do things based upon All fame. Right. Thank you, sir. Ms. Frankuk, um, what procedures would you put in place to make sure the public understood what was behind your decisions? One minute. Similar cases should be handled similarly in the office. Procedures should be followed. There should be transparency. Kim Fox advanced the Smollett case days after the grand jury indicted Smollett to an unannounced court date. She went in and dropped 16 charges without even notifying the Chicago Police Department. That is unconscionable. We have to work with the police every day. What she did is she blindsided the Chicago Police Department. You do things above board, you do them transparently, you do them on announced court dates. And if you're going to make a decision like she did in Smollett, where she dropped every single charge brought by a duly empowered grand jury, then she should be having a press conference, the case is over, to explain why she did that. What made her change her position from saying it's a solid case two days earlier to saying there's not enough evidence to even pursue this case to a single court date? She should be making that public so that, the, so that people understand how this office works. That's how you build trust and confidence. All right, thank you. Let's talk about corruption, a critical issue, obviously, all around this statewide ranging corruption scandal has ensnarled nearly half a dozen Democratic politicians and aides in Chicago and the greater Cook County area. And there's a promise more indictments are probably going to come. Mr. O'Brien, you say the office needs to prioritize these public corruption cases, but specifically with limited resources, where exactly are you going to shift the resources as a way in order to address this? Well, I think when you talk about limited resources and somehow give that as an excuse for not prosecuting or investigating corruption cases, that's simply a dodge. The, the uh, Public Corruption Unit 
has staffed it half of what it was back when I was in the state's attorney's office as chief deputy. You increase the number of assistants in the same unit, you make sure you have a discrete location where they're housed, and you publicize a tip line so that people who have some information about public corruption and officials can call that tip line. There's no such thing done here. Kim Fox does not want to prosecute public corruption because her, uh, everybody in the party who essentially is being investigated or charged is part of her party. And most of them have already donated to her. And of course, she's in, in retrospect had to give some of that money back. But how can you trust her to prosecute the very people who put her in office? All right, Mr. Foncook, do you agree that public corruption cases should be prioritized? And if so, where would you shift the resources from? It's a matter of being smart. I learned while I was with the state's attorney's office, and I did work for the public corruption unit during my time with the office, that we do have limited resources, we do have limited staff, so you have to be creative. You have to think out of the box. I had undercover FBI agents assigned to me at my request on certain investigations and cases I was handling. I had DEA, Drug Enforcement Administration agents, working for me on cases at the state level at my request. When you have limited resources, you have to reach elsewhere. What I did and what I will do when I'm state's attorney is I will reach out and work with and team up with the U.S. Attorney's Office. They have better resources. They have better staff. By working together, they have stricter gun laws, too, at the federal level. We can get better uh, uh, investigations. We can get better convictions. They also have wiretap statutes that we do not have available at the state level, which is another reason we have to work in conjunction with them. This is what I've done. This is what I'm going to do. Going after public corruption is one of my focal points on my platform. Mr. Foncook, thank you. Thanks, Paul. In Cook County, the vast majority of people who appear, who appear inside the courtroom um, are people of color. Uh, both of you are white. If elected, how are you going to relate not only to uh, the people who are accused of crimes, but also the people who are the victims of crimes who look nothing like you? Mr. O'Brien, one minute. Well, first of all, the state's attorney's office has to be colorblind in order to enforce the law. And what I would say is this, that when I was a prosecutor, and I was a prosecutor for 18 years, and when I was a defense attorney, and when I was a defense attorney for 16 years, I dealt and handled cases where the witnesses were African-American or Hispanic, and I dealt with clients and represented them when they're African-American or Hispanic. The situation is such that in order to be a prosecutor, you have to be able to deal with everyone and not see things in, in connection with what's your race, what's your ethnicity, what's your religion, or what's your politics. It is something that across the board you have to have as a colorblind, not as a politician, but as a professional prosecutor. I don't think it necessarily is difficult and as long as you give the right message that you're prosecuting cases because of a violation of the law and because the evidence that you have is credible. Thank you very much, Mr. O'Brien. Mr. Fon Cook, relating to people accused of crimes and also the victims of crime. As I've learned through my 31 years at the office and my 17 years in the felony trial division, where I did, contrary to what has been stated, try a lot of very serious felony cases, you learn that it doesn't matter what race a person is. Anybody could be a victim of crime. Anybody. Everybody has to be treated equally. Everybody has to have a voice. And what I've been doing, particularly over the last 18 months, to make sure that people know I'm reaching out to everybody, 
over the last 18 months, I've gone out and I've spoken at over 100 African-American churches. I've spoken at over about 50 Hispanic churches. I regularly attend pastors' luncheons and speak there. I have been actually reaching out in the community, and it's not just the last 18 months. I've been doing this my entire career. Public speaking is something that I'm, I enjoy doing and I'm proud to do. But you have to reach out to the community. You have to let them know the system is fair. The system will treat everybody equally, whether you're a victim, a witness, or an offender. Thank you very much, Paul. All right, uh, the incumbent Kim Fox has shifted resources towards gun crimes and away from other uh, offenses like shoplifting. Uh, the office isn't pursuing felony charges, for example, for thefts under $1,000, even though the state threshold is much lower than that. Mr. Von Cook, did she make the right decision? And if elected, how would you prosecute shoplifting offenses? She made absolutely the wrong decision. First of all, the state's attorney takes an oath uh, to uphold the laws and the constitution of the state of Illinois. She's not doing that. The statute says shoplifting starts at a certain amount. What she has done is she's raised that amount all the way up to $1,000, from roughly $300. She does not have the authority to do that. She's not a state legislature. She took an oath, an oath to uphold the law, and she's simply not doing that. There's a provision that says if you have one prior theft conviction, the next misdemeanor becomes a felony. That's statutory law. She said, I don't want one. I want at least 10, 15. I've seen her turn down as many as 22 prior convictions. Again, she does not have that authority. Who is suffering? The shopkeepers of Cook County. Tens of thousands of shopkeepers all over Cook County can't get felony charges approved. It's not worth it for them to go to court on a misdemeanor. They have to jack up the price of their merchandise. We all pay for that in the long run. And it's empowering all these people. We've seen all these flash mobs right now. That's all because right. she's not prosecuting. Thank you, sir. Mr. O'Brien, was Kim Fox right to shift resources towards gun violence and away from shoplifting? Do you agree? And what would you do to prosecute shoplifting? I disagree. And let me say this, that the same number of attorneys that prosecuted back in the 80s and 90s and throughout prior to Kim Fox, who handled felony cases, hasn't changed. 50 courtrooms and 150 states attorneys. So when she talks about shifting resources, the same number of assistants that were prosecuting retail thefts back 10, 20, 30 years ago are there now. I think this is just a dodge because she's got a social agenda fueled by George Soros's money, which says that all the laws don't have to be obeyed. She becomes a super legislator who essentially, uh, in contravention of what uh, the governor has signed and what the legislators have voted, decides on her own that uh, there will be a, a different amount. Now, she puts everybody at risk. It's not just the retailers. It's everybody in the store. It's police responding to retail theft because, in effect, she creates a situation where more people are stealing. And you cannot have that without un understanding what the consequences are. Mr. Bryan, thank you. Tim, Thank you. Mr. Von Cook, you ran against Kim Fox in 2016. You came away with about 28% of the vote. If she does end up becoming the Democratic nominee, she's going to have the party's uh, entire apparatus uh, backing her. Uh, how will you be able to compete against the entire Democratic establishment in Cook County, which is solidly blue? Easily. First of all, let me point out that in my lifetime, this office has been won by a Republican five separate times. So this is absolutely doable. Number two, when I ran against her four years ago, I didn't have a team. I didn't have much organization. It was the first time I ever ran for political office. I wasn't a politician at that time. I didn't have the money. I couldn't get ads on TV. But I took my message directly to the people. And I did seven speeches a day for 21 months. And I got roughly 600,000 votes. 
This time, I have an incredible team. I'm all over the place. I'm giving speeches every single day, sometimes five, six, seven times a day. It's all about taking the message to the people. Kim Fox is taking hit after hit in the media. A lot of people, including Democrats, are very disenchanted with her. And I've got the support of law enforcement. There's six candidates in the race. I'm the only candidate that's being endorsed by law enforcement. And that should tell you that I am the candidate that they would like to have that they can work with. All right. Thank you very much. Go ahead. Well, it's nice to get rebuttal as a prosecutor. I can it. tell you that. Um, now, I've run against the Democratic machine and beat them back in 2006. And I can do that again. This is a state's attorney's office that has, in fact, had Republican state's attorneys. I was hired by, by one back in 1975, Bernie Carey, promoted to chief deputy by the last one, Jack O'Malley. I want to be the third one in the last 40 years, and it's not going to be a situation where it can't be done. People are tired of a state's attorney that thinks that the victim doesn't come first and that the, the person that commits the crime is the same as the victim. If you can't tell a victim from a defendant, you don't need and you shouldn't be the state's attorney. That's the easiest thing in the world. Kim Fox is guilty of that, and she's been guilty of that for three years. She hasn't put resources to violent crime. She's, in fact, done less with the resources she has than any state's attorney in the past. All right. Thank you very much. Glad you could get that in. That's only fair. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, this is a good time to say <laughs> that you. that will be the end of our uh, debate with the Republican candidates for Cook County State's Attorney. Early voting is already underway. Election Day is March 17th. And we sure appreciate your watching. Thank you.